0: Welcome to Craft, Design, Edit, Sleep, Repeat. I'm your host, Lisa Conway. Welcome to my world where we try to understand the business of knit and crochet design. Welcome back everyone. I'm very excited to have Paul Hazemeyer back with us today. I did say that correctly, did I not?
1: Yes, you did. Very impressive.
0: (laughs) I remembered. Yay. Um, So, Paul, let's start out just by letting people know, um, reminding them who you are, what you do, what kind of patterns you create.
1: Yeah, thank you Lisa. Um I'm Paul and I am a knitwear designer often focused on exploring sweaters in particular usually and I've been knitting since I was a, since I was 7 and I particularly like knitting uh, sweaters as I said before but really exploring textures, colors and making more untraditional menswear, just because I feel like a lot of the men's knitting patterns right now are very classic or super avant-garde. And I'm trying to straddle the two.
0: I've been watching your patterns as they've come out over the last year. And I'll tell you, he's got some beautiful work, guys. Although he does some very unique things like his cotton shorts. Those, those were very different. How did, how, how did those well work? Did, did they go well?
1: They did pretty well. Um, I think it's just something new and different. And, um, I love them. Broco loved working with me for that one. Um, it's whenever I'm showing them off at shows and whatnot, I, I always get a giggle or a laugh like what you knit shorts. And I'm like, yes, I did. And they're <laughs> <amazing. Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs>
0: Well, Paul, you've had a really big adventure going on. Um, Let's dig into that a little bit and talk about where you are in the world.
1: Yeah, I am currently in Riga, Latvia on a Fulbright grant to write a knitting book. I was awarded this grant middle of May last year. And everyone else found out in April. I found out in May, a month later, which is fine. It just gave me three months to figure out how to move to Europe. So I have been here in Riga since since September. And I'll be here until June 1st. And um, really, the goal of this project is I am interviewing a variety of Latvians. It doesn't have to be knitters, some artists, some regular people, etc., and then taking their stories and turning them into a knitting book and having knitting patterns inspired by their stories. I'm here as like a Latvian, uh, not so much a Latvian storyteller, but as an outsider saying, hi, I'm here to help tell Latvian stories. And um, just because I noticed, I applied for this grant last year, and I realized there's not a lot of Latvian books out there, at least in the U.S. market, and if there are, it's very historically focused, which is fine. Lovely, beautiful. But I was really attracted to Alex Bird's style of Estonian knitting, where she had combined old technique and tradition with new knitwear. So that's really the place I was coming from of like, okay, where can I do something similar to this? How do I do this as an outsider? And I already had the connection with Rodham Magazine in Riga, Latvia, so Latvia was a natural fit for me to apply there.
0: Help people understand where is Latvia?
1: Latvia is on the same, is as far north as Juneau, Alaska, and Riga particularly. It is right next to Russia. Um, It is a former Baltic, uh, uh, not a former Baltic, it is a Baltic country alongside Estonia to the north and Lithuania to the south. It is a former Soviet occupied country. So in the collapse of the Soviet Union in the, in 91 Latvia regained its independence. Um Latvia first obtained independence in the 1920s after World War 1 and then was occupied after World War 2 by the Soviet Union. They really don't consider the Soviet occupation a loss of independence per se as much as we've always been Latvia we just happen to be occupied by this country for 70 years, you know, 60. My math's wrong. More 50. Anyway, someone That's historical okay. out there knows it better. Yes, yeah.
0: Okay. And how are you managing with the language?
1: Good news. This Fulbright requirement did not need me to learn Latin yet. It was sort of recommended... Um, the best way to explain that is I've worked on just knowing some bits and phrases just to say hello, goodbye, thank you, be polite. And anytime a Latvian hears an American or someone else speak in Latvian, they're very proud of it. Um, I did have someone send to me last month an entire How to Learn Latvian guide, and, I'm, and I was thinking to myself, I wish I had this beginning of September, but well, that's fine. <laughs> I'll be looking over it a bit. <laughs> um it's not a requirement. I've had a lot of Latvian women already tell me, mostly the older women, saying, you're here for so long, nine months. You need to, you need to learn Latvian. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we got a lot of other stuff going on, but okay, we can, we can see what we do, what we can do. So it's been a really fun, magical journey, bringing everyone along for the ride because it's an opportunity for me to do knitting for nine months straight. And which has been, you know, it's been a goal of mine. It hasn't. I didn't expect it in this capacity in this way, but it's been really fun um, just living here. I'm here in my studio apartment in Old Town. I feel like I live in a fairy tale every day.
0: Wow, that that's so cool. Um, how many patterns is, are you going to be producing for the book? And are any of the patterns I've seen you release over the last year going to be in the book?
1: Uh, these are going to be completely new patterns, uh, completely inspired by Latvian stories. I am sharing bits and pieces on social as like sneak peeks of like, hey, this is what I'm working on, just to engage with my audience. Uh, for the most part, though, these are completely new designs. And as of right now, I have roughly 15 patterns. I might have a few more later. We'll see what happens. Um, it's been really kind of contingent on who am I going to meet, what do I need to look for?, uh, what gaps do I need to fill necessarily? Are there any gaps? Um, I knew coming here that I needed some mitten patterns, a hat, and some sweaters. You know, those are the kind of the things that I knew. These are the general idea. I know I'm gonna need to include a classic mitten pattern, whatever that means because people expect Latvian mittens here. Um, so that those are the questions I'm asking myself right now, but I'd say right now I have about fifteen planned. I have a lot editing ahead of me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but it'll be fun. I've been chatting with uh, with Nikki a bit. I'm like, hi, how does this work with tech editing? She's like, here's my guides. I'm like, thank you, thank you, Nikki. I haven't sent her anything yet because I'm still trying to figure out bits and pieces, but it's been it's been magical.
0: Well, just just from being near someone who has recently released a book, well a, a while back, but not too long ago. Um don't expect it to happen overnight. <laughs>
1: oh, no, I'm not planning on it. And it's, it's that question of uh, just, i I'm here for nine months. I don't want to squander my time, but I don't want to kill myself. And it's like, I'm here really to learn and to get to know people, honestly. Like, that's what I'm here for as right. a Fulbright. The Fulbright's mission is soft diplomacy, pun intended, for me at least. That's been a good joke with audiences lately. <laughs> um and um yeah so that's really where I'm at where it's just like okay how do I get this done and really the goal is now is just to get samples done hopefully by the end of my time here just so I can I do a little display saying hey here's all of your stories displayed you know and invite the community I've engaged with for the past four months five months and celebrate that, celebrate these okay. new connections. And um it's been wonderful because Modern Daily Knitting, I just wrote an article for them that was received wonderfully. And I'll have to go, go look like, it up. Yeah. Thank you. It's a, it's Knitter's Weekend Riga edition. So really for me, this is like, okay, I am here kind of as an agent for Riga and for Latvia in a way of saying, hi, I'm the American knitter. How can I help spread the word about everything knitting wise here? I, Lisa, there's regions and there's no way I can touch in all of it. Cause I went to a region this weekend that specializes in double knitted mittens. Then you have another region that does shawls and hats and mittens. And it's just kind of like, it's, it's infused into everything here. You have to look for it sometimes, but.
0: Do you plan on doing a double knitted mitten?
1: I was thinking about it. I feel like I have to, I was trying to avoid it for the longest time. Cause I'm like, I don't want to throw it in a double knit mitten. My question is with the book is, like, I this is not a book for beginners. I don't want to include a ton of tutorials. So I'm like, can I just write up a double knitting pattern <laughs> and hopefully someone can figure it out later? I think I probably need to well, at this point.
0: If you need help, let me know.
1: Will do. You know? You're the woman to talk uh, to.
0: Well, um, I'm real close to Nathan Taylor, whose specialty is double knitting. And in October, I released a double-knit, double-knitted brioche cowl. And I, this month, will be releasing its fingering weight version. So I've been yeah. working on that kind of stuff. So, yes, if you need help with that, please let me know because I'd be happy to help.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be hitting you up then. Um, I'll have to send you some of the photos later because I'm looking at all of these and they're all like, very intricately, like, fine gauges. And I'm looking at these women using size zero needles, and I'm like, how are your hands not dying right now? And they're like, oh, this is <laughs> normal. I'm like, okay, I'm happy for you.
0: Yeah, um, having worked in that gauge, not in double knitting, but in, in lace years ago, um, it if, it almost is a point where you get to where bigger needles are more painful. Because your hands are that. so used to the finer gauge and and the position and the muscle memory is all for that real fine gauge, and so bigger needles are clunky and you don't know where your arms should be and it can be challenging to to transition.
1: I jumped, I, no, it, yeah, I jumped from a, I think it was a two for a pair of socks I'm working on to an eight to do a swatch, a worsted swatch, and then my hands were just freaking out. I'm like, what is this? I'm not like. I didn't expect to get so used to knitting so finely where a size eight, which is not necessarily a large needle for American audiences, Mm -hmm. but still like it it does change that the muscle memory changes.
0: Yes, it most definitely does. Um, That's why it's important to move back and forth and not stick with just one gauge all the time. If you really want to be versatile you you want to do different gauges intermittently so that your hands don't get stuck in a particular gauge. Now, if you want to do nothing but socks, that that works too. But if you want to do other things, it's really important to kind of move back and forth and not stick with one thing for a long period of time.
1: Oh, yeah. And my style right now is just working a little bit on everything, which I don't know is the best method because I'm like, I need to get samples done. But yep. it does. It, it's interesting just how the hands change because I did a swatch with some US 13s for a super bulky project. I don't know if it'll be for the book or not, but but my hands are like, what are these trees? I don't yes. understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It would take me a lot to do something in that big of a gauge because it's been so long
1: pair. Yeah. I don't like those large gauges because people say you knit faster with larger needles. I'm like, not for me, no, because it's just, it's so much more work to do that much moving, you know? Yes. 11s, I, 10s, I agree. I'm okay with. But 13, I'm like, meh, meh.
0: Yeah. Um, I've actually, <laughs> I've got a pair of needles that my husband helped me make out of, was it, Three-inch dowels, I think it was. They were, you know, like really big round. Um, in order to make dog beds out of fabric strips.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, I've done it once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know, and you said never again, did you? <laughs>
0: um. Well, not not so much never again as. Um, not very often, um, and the the charity that I was doing it for kind of didn't need them anymore. So,
1: yeah. Um, so anyway, in your yeah, favor.
0: yeah, it it did, it did. But I still have the needles.
1: You still have them. Probably, They're just a nice prop.
0: <laughs> yes, eventually I think they might get hung on a wall. You know, perfect as
1: knitting. Art. Yes, knitting is art. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, I, ha- I increased my yarn stash here and I'm like, okay, what can I add to the walls to just hang with all? I don't know. We'll see. I got 10 <laughs> kilos of yarn from a yarn factory. It was insane. Oh, wow. I loved it though.
0: So what kind of yarn are you using there? I mean, what, describe gauge and fiber and that kind of stuff.
1: It really depends on the project, of course, because I think the cliche people think, if they're thinking stereotypes, is only Latvian mittens. But no, they all everyone uses. They're they're just like everyone else, where they have a variety of projects. Um, All the mittens are fingering weight and knit pretty tightly, um, just for windproof sake. There's a whole beautiful like history of uh, historical mittens books published, and I'm hoping to go to the museum soon just to look at their collections, because it's a part of their oh, their history where mittens were considered dowry gifts and dowry payments, and I mean, it's cold, so it's functional and it's beautiful. Um, so a lot of wools, of course. For my book in particular, I've been using a lot of just European-based brands that I know that Latvians could easily access. Um just trying to avoid American brands when possible. There's an exception to that. I love Freya, and Freya had a perfect little minikin for a project. Um, so it, it's, it's really interesting just because the yarn stores here, there is like 8 to 10, I think possibly more, yarn stores in Riga, which is a population of half a million. And then I compare it to New York City. New York City has the same amount of yarn stores for 8 million people. Which I think is the biggest statement you can make about knitting culture here. Yes. Yeah. And so I've been experiencing a lot of different types of stores. Um, Mostly, most of them are kind of salon style where you text the owner, you know, the owner personally, you could say, hey, I'm going to come in and grab some stuff. Can you help me? And they open it up for you. Um, Not like some stores have uh, like open hours, some of them don't um i think the biggest surprise for me is the european italian style yarn store it's italian yarns that they have imported and um they're on giant cones and it looks like they're made really for machine knitting but what you do is you walk in there you grab the yarn and you say hey i want x grams or x kilos of yarn for my project and they'll wind it onto a cone for you um So you have all sorts of interesting specialty stores in that way. Um, A lot of social knitting is focused around the yarn store in the States. That's how I knew social knitting. Here in Latvia, it's a lot more studio based and club based where people and artists host studios and people come together to learn different methods and techniques. And it's just not affiliated with a yarn store at all whatsoever. Um, there are a few yarn stores. One of them particularly, particular is Grietta Knits. Grietta Gunder is a wonderful friend of mine here. She hosts a very extensive beginning knitting class and advanced knitting class for knitters, and for Latvian women mostly, just to come in and learn all the techniques. And most of these women already know how to knit, but they're there to help take the next step if they need to. Um yeah, it's been really interesting just because it's a very introverted hobby here. I'm trying to like host public knitting events and say, Hey, here's the wide world of knitting. Come take a look. I think you guys could easily contribute to it. I think the most famous Latvian knitter right now is Jeanette Hussein of Jeanette. Knits. She's been she's now currently based in London. I that's how I ended up here is she was the editor of Radom. I'm gonna be meeting her at Vogue knitting live, which will be fun. Um, And I'll be at Vogue Knitting Live in a few weeks. Come see me. So, yeah, it's been a really just fun year of, or not fun year, it's only been four months, but I'm like, it it will be a fun year of just knitting. And what what does that mean, you know? Um, Yeah, I think that's the best. I, I will say super, super bulky gauges aren't super popular here. Mostly fingerings, worsteds, DKs, but yeah.
0: Okay. And fiber-wise, is there a particular wool that is native to that area, or are the sheep and the wools that they get pretty much the same as the rest of Europe?
1: Uh, I'd say the, they're similar to the rest of Europe. Um, okay. I'm sure there are some specific Latvian brands, I or not brands, breeds, I'm not familiar with them quite yet. I'm hoping to go visit a factory eventually, um, or not a factory, a uh, a farm eventually. I did visit a yarn factory while I was here. They get all of their wool locally, they dye it locally, manufacture it locally, some of the most beautiful colors. Um, I'd say it's a pretty standard like Merino feeling wool, fairly rustic, okay. but it's nice.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because I'm not as familiar as what breeds might be in that area as I am some of the other countries, you know. Um, Merino started in Spain. Mm -hmm. I know that. (laughs) Anyway, other things. And there's some specific um, breeds through Norway and Finland that are very specific to those areas, we do have some flocks here in the U.S., but they're still quite small. They weren't brought in as much as some of the other breeds. So, um, But they're very unique, different types of wool that you can get in those areas. So I was curious if it was that way in Latvia as well. It, I, I have a I yarn label here.
1: Have... I could... Nope, it doesn't say what sheep it is. Dang it. It just oh, It just says wool. It just says wool. <laughs>
0: Yep. Okay. I, well, I, yeah. if I, if I get a chance, I will look it up and, and see if I can find anything specific to the area and I'll put it in the show notes just for people's grins and giggles.
1: Yeah. And so. um, this is Pazze Vilna's Fabrica. This is where I'm getting a lot of my like local wool from. They're a wonderful factory family run over a hundred years old. Um, they are a wonderful group. They're on Facebook and Instagram Um one of my knitter friends here says, how's the reason why they got online? But who knows? Go take a look at them. It's wonderful. It is spelled with the American pronunciation of Pace, Paces, Vilnas, Fabrica, but it's pronounced Patsay with the lovely Latvian accent.
0: If you could please remember to send me links. Oh, yeah. That would be I awesome. I can do that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and are most of your you said that most of your um, work was not going to be American yarns. They were going to be European yarns. Is that, how do you feel that's going to affect the American publication?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so, personally. Um, I'm one of those people who I always like to substitute yarns anyway. So I'm not really worried about um, yarns, honestly. I always see yarns as a suggestion, not as a rule. Not as law. Um I think it will be easier for some yarns, for Americans to get some yarns than others. I'm working with Shopple. is easy to get in the States. I'm working with each yes. through Barocco. That's gonna be easy. I think Patsy is gonna be the hardest one just because it is so local. Since they're on Facebook, I think they can ship internationally. And the interesting thing about their yarn is all their colors are season-based anyway, so it's going to be impossible for a knitter to completely reproduce the garment anyway. So it's one of those things that I've accepted, moved on. Um, I am using some Rowan Felted Tweed I found for cheap in Estonia because it's lovely. So I'm like, you know, it's kind of that idea of I want to make sure this book is accessible to European knitters too, not just American ones.
0: Well, and it can be harder for Europeans to get the American yarns, I think, sometimes than the other way around.
1: Oh, yes. I I got that experience here. Just even getting like some, uh, just getting some yarns for the States for some projects. Like not many, but it was a personal project. And I'm like, it took me weeks. And I'm like, you know, let's just keep this simple and try not to complicate this, you know, for my own sanity.
0: Well, and i I know in certain areas, it can be expensive in terms of the VAT, you know, the yeah. taxes and things like that, especially like the UK anymore. It's horrible. The, the, the oh, taxes yeah. that they pay, the custom taxes they pay on things coming in is just ridiculous. So, yeah. What, so I, what I find it is it's open oh, to the um... Europeans is makes sense.
1: Exactly. And it it really is just more from a practical mindset of just that, what can I get easily? What can my customer base here get easily? Um, It is much easier to ship things to the US than it is to ship things here. I've learned that much. It's also faster that way. So it's been, it's been quirky. (laughs) Yay, living in a foreign (laughs) land. I'm a foreign man in a foreign land, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, Um, Talk more about some of the people that you have met. Um, What kind of stories are you hearing?
1: All sorts. In one week, I had uh, two very different stories, two different interviews. The first one, and I encountered this woman at first at a contemporary fiber art exhibit at one of the art museums. Fiber art is huge here. And... It was a piece discussing and reflecting how she used knitting to grieve. And she lost her son a few years ago. It was this beautiful oversized tapestry that's nearly six, I think it's six feet wide, if not wider, um, in worsted weight yarn. And she used it as an escape tool. So I interviewed her that week and discussing like feelings and what does this mean to you and knitting and all that and um the the piece is called cruel games i can find the link for you and the artist's name is leonetti slishani it was a beautiful beautiful interview and just heartbreaking and i'm still processing it and then two days later i had an interview with uh seven uh i don't know how old she is probably in her 70s she wouldn't tell me her age very coy very energetic (laughs) um very colorful woman who uses knitting as an exploration of color and makes crazy balls. And she was one who told me, and I quote, I only knit when I'm happy. And so it was just to have two just opposite ends of the spectrum was just beautiful to see that happen. Like, this is exactly what I'm exploring here: is seeing how knitting connects us both to our positive and negative emotions and feelings. Um, I mean, even just hearing people's stories of where they come from. I interviewed Ina Valtare She's In her 80s. She did tell me her age, but I think she's 80-something. Or just celebrated 80. And she is a well-known historical mitten maker. Excuse me. Both in traditional and also some... Her own designs. And she's just an icon. I've been having fun playing with some mittens for her. I'm like, great, you're my classic mitten gal. And we talked for three hours uh, through the help of a translator just discussing projects and processes and what was life like for you? How did you learn and symbols? And, you know, it's been really fun and just empowering to see people are willing to tell me their story and I'm willing to listen. And they see it it is the kind of the view of this is a young American man who's knitting. This is not so much bewildering, but it is something new for them. And they're excited by it for the most part. Like, they're like, hey, if he's here to learn, we'll teach him. And it's been really nice. It's been re- very welcoming, very warm. And um, even during my orientation, they're like, hey, don't be surprised that Latvians are cold and it's hard to get to know them. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This has been easy because <laughs> I have knitting and knitting is what brings us together. And that was the project proposal saying, hey, knitting is a form of connection and this is what I'm wanting to explore here. Um, and even beyond that, because it's just, knitting as storytelling and I met a painter the first day on my first day here and he'll be in my book with a pair of socks. He's just wearing Latvian uh, traditional Latvian folk shoes. And I think we'll keep it there. Cause I want to make sure there's still a few surprises for people who get the yes. book later, whatever that is, yes. but,
0: but it, well, I, yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited because I'm even more excited now than I was watching you on Instagram. Cause I have been following this story on Instagram very closely because it just, I don't know, it touches a, a, that part of you that is the core knitter, right? And why we knit. And I just really am excited for you. And I'm excited for the book. Really. I can, I'm looking forward to reading it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I have. <laughs> I, 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 I I feel like I've been enough more than I can chew. I realize now I'm like, oh, this is insane. and i'm I'm excited though, and i it's one of those things where like twenty twenty four it's you know it's a time for New year's resolutions, and it's hard for me to make goals in a way because it's twenty twenty three had so many dreams come true in that way of I'm living my life in Riga, knitting, doing what I love. Not that I don't have goals for 2024. Main one being finish the damn book, uh, get all get it all done. Um, and I'll look for it at the
0: end of 2025.
1: Thank you. That's probably <laughs> what's going to happen. That's probably going to happen.
0: It, honey, that's yeah. that's the way writing books goes. It takes time, sense. and and don't don't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen in 2024. Okay because okay there's a lot to process here Yeah there is <laughs> and it's going to take you time to process and and put it in the the words that you are happy with so take a breath don't beat yourself up give yourself plenty of time it's okay
1: <laughs> Really I will. it is I okay will. Thank you I will and you know and that's what I'm really focusing on right now is just getting the knitting done because i know i can get the writing done later meaning pattern writing meaning the stories because i'm recording all of them i'll listen to them um it's nice because i've already met a few artists i have a photographer friend of mine and i mean w- w- the, in the ideal world but the dream is is i get the samples done so then i can photograph my subjects wearing them because it's such a personal part of who they are you that's know that's
0: the perfect goal
1: Yes, that is the perfect goal. So, you know, and I'm looking at my knitting right now. I'm like, well, we'll just take this one step at a time. Um, my friends keep joking, we're just you're, you're just going to be knitting all the time. I'm like, well, I already do. We're just going to be hold up in a coffee shop somewhere because I realize I can't be hold up in my apartment by myself. It's been this project's been more isolating in that way, just because it's it really is an independent study. So I go out. You know, get bring my knitting and that's how I meet make friends is just bring my knitting out. And people are like, Oh, what are you making? And perfect. That's a good intro. Um It's, it's You're been gonna fun. have it's more been
0: interviews than you can include.
1: Oh yeah. That's the goal. Just to have plenty of material. <laughs> um I was looking at my list of projects and I'm like, Oh boy. Oh well. <laughs> and like it's since I'm staying it's since I'm saying in Europe I could potentially like get photos done later. Cause I want to come back to in June is the midsummer celebration and the solstice is huge here, both the winter and, uh, summer solstices. So want to experience that. Um, I'll be a private citizen by then, even though I'm sort of a private citizen now and visas, visas are hard. I don't get visas. It's fun, Um, but, and just trying to like, uh, I try to have a sense of humor with it. It's been fun. It's it's it, it really has been magical, Lisa, where it's like and I keep asking myself, who am I doing this? Honestly. It's and latvia's embraced me. I've I've been featured in their media for one of their articles. Um I got the modern daily stuff and it was nice because I went <laughs> It was February at Vogue Knitting Live when I was interviewing for this position, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get it or not. But I was chatting with a few of my colleagues. They're like, "Hey, I have no idea if I'm getting this or not, but what are your thoughts on this?" And this happened. Like, "Oh, that's incredible!" I'm like, "Great, thank you." And now I get to go back to Vogue Knitting Live, and say, "Hey, here I am doing the thing that I was chatting with you about. It was only a dream last year."
0: And that's coming up when.
1: That is January twenty. Okay, that's actually yeah. going to
0: happen before this releases. Just so people know okay. that it's already done. <laughs> we'll All be right, releasing never mind. February twentieth, but that's okay. That's okay.
1: Okay, um, never mind.
0: So, but that's okay. You'll have seen them by then, and and they'll um be have are already had the chance to celebrate with you. Just, yeah. just, just the whole idea of doing this—it's just ah—that's uh, all I could say. There's, there's just no words for how exciting it must be to be living that life. It I, I it, will it have to say, I'm a little jealous.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I've had, a, I've had people tell me they're jealous too, and it's. It's been, it's, it really, it's overwhelming, honestly. Like, it's good, it's magical, but it's just kind of like, oh, I got to get up and do this again and do this again. And um, what does it mean to have a routine? What does it mean to take this seriously? Because I've always been in environments or working for jobs where I've had a set routine. And what does that look like? Um, How do I get this all done? Um, Not even so much, how do I get this all done? I mean, that's one of the questions, but what are even the steps I have to take to get it done besides just swatching and making it? Because I still have to think about writing. I have to think about layout. We're not going to worry about that yet, but I do have friends. No, Do the, do the writing
0: first. Yeah. Layout comes later.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do the so, writing
0: first. I guarantee that's the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. I, I can do that. <laughs> I can play with that. And it's, it's one of those things where people are like, well, what are you here for? I'm like, oh, I'm here for knitting. And they're like, what and i explain you know as i explain this project and it's one of those things that is just it's hard to describe because it isn't just a Latvian history book it's it's that it's an anthology of people's stories and histories and it's a bit anthropological it's a bit historical it's a bit it's a bit political sometimes depending on their views and it's also just trying to figure out like and I'm, I'm I'm dealing with it now. Like, okay, what projects are worth pursuing? Which ones aren't? What's edit? What should I edit? What shouldn't I? Um, what are the overall themes? Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's it has been really good. How
0: though. am I going to make this cohesive?
1: Exactly, that's the question. And I mean, I even realized the other day because I was working on a sweater design, I realized it wasn't working for my interview subject, and I went back to the drawing board, and I realized. I have a lot of color happening. I have a lot of pattern, which is the Latvian way of life, especially in traditional knitting. I'm like, Paul, you need a bit of minimalism here. And this is the person who's adding, who needs, who is minimalist. I'm like, perfect. That helps add some balance to this. And those are just the constant questions I'm asking. And thankfully being a costume designer or pod costume design background helps a lot with that overall picture viewing, being able mm-hmm. to see that from afar. So.
0: It gives you it, a different perspective.
1: It does. Yeah. It does. And because you
0: see them as the character and as the person they are and designed for that versus trying to make the design fit.
1: Exactly. And that's what I realized is I thought this design, it's a beautiful design. And I'm like, it just didn't fit. And I'm like, okay, back to the drawing board. And I um, sent it to her. She's like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, haha we did this. And I had a feeling... Like she liked marling. I'm like, okay, let's do some marling with this. And then it came together. And that's what I've kind of realized is ruminating as a part of that process. I can't just bust out a pattern a week. That's not how this works. This isn't sustainable. And I'm here to be thoughtful. I'm here to tell the story. And there have been moments where I'm like, am I doing the wrong thing here in terms of, am I trying to take advantage or use their stories for my advantage and i'm like no i'm not because that's, that's not who i am but it is at the back of my mind because i'm the outsider here and they're like well why Latvian? i'm like do you have latvian heritage i'm like oh no i'm german and even then i'm just mostly american at this point um and i just explain, well i was included in this latvian magazine and that's why i'm here and they look at me like what and i'm like yeah and they're like well that's cool okay moving on and it's 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 yeah I
0: learned a little bit. I, I wanted to learn more.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: That's
1: exactly. You, That's the attitude. You had that
0: little picture that sparked the interest, and you wanted to dig deeper. And you found a way to do it that fits who you are and what you are, and you wanted to express their interest in that. It's It's... I love it. I I can just I can feel it coming off of you, and it just is wonderful. This book is going to be fabulous, Paul. I promise you, it's going to be fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> I can feel you. it. I can feel it. I really can.
1: Thank you. So, I appreciate it. I I and I I've been I'm so grateful that everyone's received it so warmly and so well and. It is interesting, just because I've worked for, I, I've contributed to a few books that have to be top secret, and it does feel a little strange. We're talking about a book that isn't published yet, but I'm like, well, that's what the project is, and that's what I'm here to do. That's what that's the story right now. That's what I have to discuss, you know. Right. And I'm just, I'm very, I'm really grateful that people are. I, I'm, 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 I love the support. It feels good. It's really affirming, and it's like, well. Let's keep moving forward and seeing what happens. And um, I know this summer, I'm hoping to just travel Europe, visit Franklin Habit and Amy Gellis in Paris, uh, maybe Stephen West and Mika uh, Mika John in Amsterdam, and a few other plate people in UK. And it's like, well, I guess 2024 is the year of knitting. I don't know, at like least until the fall. But we're just gonna well, just keep going.
0: Well, and that's the perfect way to look at it right? This is the year of knitting. Next year is the year of writing. 2025 can be the year of pulling it all together and making it happen. That's okay. Right. Uh That's, that's the process. Let it be just embrace it. Embrace every single moment because we are living this vicariously through you. Thank you. (laughs) And once the book is in our hands, we'll just get to relive it. And that'll be the wonderful part of it.
1: Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. Totally. So it sounds like the people there are really embracing the project as well. And that's awesome. I know you've talked on Instagram about the knitting groups that you've hosted and how well those were received. And yeah, I just, the whole thing. Just awesome,
1: just awesome. Thank you, thank you. um Even last weekend, I my my advisor here, her name is Linda Rubana. She is a folk art expert and works for the Ministry of Culture. And one of her roles is visiting different cultural centers and groups throughout Latvia. So th- this weekend, I had the privilege to go visit one of those regions and just to get to know their stories. And the, as I said earlier, the double knit mittens, and it's like how cool is this that I get to see all these icons of Latvian heritage and culture. And do I understand any of it? No, but that's okay. Cause I'm just there, you know, at least being visible and getting to meet, make some new friends in that way. And I did get a, quite a few looks of like, that man, he's knitting over there. Who is he? Linda, who is he? <laughs> later. Linda was telling me later. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, that's what I'm here to do is be visible. Honestly, in a way it's it just, it's yeah. And I'm grateful that I'm I'm glad you're loving it, Lisa, because there are some days where I'm like, I finally posted a video today and I'm like, I haven't done a video for two weeks. I'm like, okay, no, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And that's why I'm glad we're doing this right now. Cause it's so much easier for me to discuss it as a conversation between two people and not just talking to a camera.
0: Oh, tell me about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You understand.
0: I understand it. Believe me. <sighs> So, Paul, um, we should probably wrap this up and let you get towards bed. It is getting late there. It's morning here. It's night there. Um, Let people know where they can find you so that they can follow your progress on Instagram and elsewhere.
1: You can find me on Instagram at paul.haze30, and Haze is spelled H-A-Z-E, Paul, Paul. 30 on Instagram and threads. I've been playing with threads a bit. Um, also sign up for my newsletter at com slash newsletter. That's where I've been posting a lot, uh, not a lot of updates, but monthly updates on where I'm at. Um, those are the best places for me. If you're, if you're wanting to see more regular updates, Instagram's definitely for the place for it.
0: Yeah. All right. Fantastic, Paul. Thank you for joining me again and sharing this story. I'm sure that, you know, people might reach out and say, how did you do this? How did you make this happen? I want to know. I want to do it. (laughs) Reach out, chat with Paul, because he, he made it happen in his life, and he probably has some tips. So thanks again for coming.
1: Thank you for having me, Lisa.
0: So come back next time, folks, when we briefly talk about why you should tech edit your pattern. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen and join the conversation in our Ravelry or Facebook groups. For show notes, or knit tech editing and related services, please visit my website at arcticedits.com.